Yeah, how many of you have done the domino thing? Yeah, lots of you have. I, I saw a video of a mattress factory in China where they used about 500 mattresses with people strapped to them and just did the domino effect with them, bam, 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 all, all through the factory. Today I want to gauge a topic that some of you are immediately going to dismiss. You've heard it way too often in your opinion, or you've put it through a filter which maybe causes you to just dismiss it out of hand. And here's the topic, and when I tell it to you, don't dismiss it. I know some of you will, because I've heard the word mentioned in our chapels before, and I've heard the, ooh, you know, kind of reaction. I want to talk to you today about the idea of being a world changer. At Indiana Wesleyan, we talk a lot about that idea, and some of us have a tendency to think 606 takes. Epic, big, real, but impossibly sized. I say world changer, you think Steve Jobs, Apple. I say world changer, you think Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook. Most of us, when we think about changing the world, think in Honda-sized proportions. We think, not me, I'm just me. And we have a hard time making the connection between the idea of changing the world and our sense of who we are, just me, my strengths, my gifts, my weaknesses, and I contend we're missing the point. Because I believe for most of us, changing the world is more like knocking down a single domino than it is making a complex Honda commercial. It's the power of the small action. It's the power of the next step, and then the next one, and then the next one. But let's not just take my word for it. I could go to you to scripture passage after scripture passage to talk about that. Today I just want to look at two. One is found in Acts chapter 1. Jesus is speaking to his disciples for the last time physically here on earth. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to his disciples. Who are these guys? These guys who are at one point in their life had been rejected as not being significant enough. They'd gone to school and the goal of kids in school in those days was to eventually grow up and hopefully become a rabbi. And somewhere along the line, a rabbi had decided they didn't have what it took to become rabbis. And he'd sent them home to learn the family trade, to, to get married, to have children and pray that they might grow up someday to be rabbis. They had been rejected as just not being enough. And then Rabbi Jesus comes along and says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me and we'll do something. And they did. And now, after three years, years together, he's giving them a commission to go change the world. Start small. Start in Jerusalem. And then let it spread to Judea, the surrounding territory. And then the next territory up, Samaria. And then one province after another. One village after another. One neighbor after another. To the ends of the earth. Change the world. And this small group of guys, ordinary guys, the Bible says, unschooled guys, the Bible says, but guys who hung out with Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit, they literally did change the spiritual landscape, the educational landscape eventually of the entire world, one domino at a time. Sometime a little earlier than this, Jesus was talking to his disciples about the future, about the end of the age. 
And he basically talks about the time when, when believers will be separated from people who are not believing or not living the right way. Basically, he says, the real evidence of belief is the way we live. And this is what he says about them in Matthew 25. The king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. I mean, I have these plans all along, he says. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord... When did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothes? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Jesus here reminds us of the power of the one. The one small action, the one small step. You, you fed someone who had no food, and you gave clothing to someone who needed it. For you, it was a thirsty person, and you helped them. For others, it was a person who was imprisoned by loneliness, and you stepped into their life and were a friend. For some, it was a stranger, and you cared for them. And you object, John, that's not that big a deal. I mean, that's not world changing. And I maintain it is for that person. It is for that person. A friend of mine, a man who became a friend of mine, had been coming to my church for uh, about a month. He was deep in depression. Someone had greeted him at the front door, an usher. And um, yet, he'd come in kind of contained in himself, and no one else had spoken to him. He told me later, he got up that morning, and he said, I'm going to go to church, and if no one speaks to me, I'm going to come home and take my life. And he went to church that day, greeted at the front door, greeted by an usher, and then on the inside, a woman named Carol said hi. And then someone else said hi, actually. And they didn't know it, but they changed that guy's world. A simple act. See, when it makes a difference for one person, it changes something. It's one domino tipped over that hits another domino that hits another domino. Jesus said, whatever you've done for the least of these brothers, you've done for me. I'd like to tell you a story. True story. Dorothy and Floyd were on their way to church one day. Their daughter, Jane, was sitting in the back seat. Jane was about 10, and they drove down a little country road in Wayne County, Indiana, and saw a new family had moved into this ramshackle house, fallen down house, that was there on the county road. Jane, the daughter, said, we ought to stop and invite those kids to church because they saw three kids playing in the front yard. There was a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And Dorothy said, okay, let's stop. Floyd pulled over. They went up and honked the horn, and mom came out of the house. Mom came out of the house carrying a newborn. And they said, can we bring these kids to church? 
Now, it's hard for me to imagine someone today sending three kids, six, four, and two, off with strangers to go to church, but mom was just desperate for some alone time. And so she said, okay. And they loaded the three kids in the back of the car and drove off to church about five, seven minutes away, brought them home at the end of church, and they said, can we come by next week and pick them up? They said, sure. And they did this week after week after week. Eventually, mom started going. They took her too, loaded her all in this one sedan. The six-year-old, not long after they started going, gave her life to Christ, received Jesus as her Savior. She then prayed with her four-year-old sister to receive Jesus, and she did, but the six-year-old wasn't sure the four-year-old got it because she didn't cry. The family... Not long after that, moved away. They moved 10 miles in the wrong direction from church, and Dorothy and Floyd and Jane decided that they would go out of their way every Sunday to pick them up for church, take them down back to church. They would do that Sunday morning. If Dad would let them, they would do that Sunday night, week after week after week. Six-year-old grew up at 16. She is the adult class Sunday school teacher in her little church of about 50. That's a little hard for me to imagine. She decided to come here to Indiana Wesleyan. It was called Marion College in those days. And that's when she met me and changed my world. We got married, went off to pastor a church together that eventually grew into a church of significant size, thousands. Today, that little hillbilly girl that no one would have guessed was anything, just, I mean, her dad had a third grade education, her mom an eighth grade education. They were deep from the hills of Kentucky. Now she travels the world and speaks missions opportunities. She speaks at conferences. She's taught women for dozens of years. She mentors. She's the pastor of a local church in Indianapolis. Next fall, she's going to be teaching an Old Testament survey class here. I mean, and I ask myself, what if, what if Jane hadn't said to her mom, could we stop and ask those kids to church? And what if Dorothy had said we're too busy or dad said, we'll be late to church. See, they didn't know that Patty Sexton would turn into one of those people that influences hundreds and even thousands. All they saw was a little kid. But they were willing to be the first domino. And they knocked it down. And the world changed. One person by one person by one person by me. Now, maybe I've knocked a domino or two down in your life. See, I'm convinced that most of us don't see ourselves as world changers. We simply do not. Just me. Just you. And when you don't see yourself as significant, you don't bother trying. But Margaret Mead said, never believe a few caring people cannot change the world, for indeed... That's all who ever have. A caring person who chooses to make a difference. Some of you are graduating. This is your very last chapel before you hit grad school or professional life. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Some of you are ending a freshman or sophomore or junior season and you've got something planned for the summer and then you'll be back. And I don't know what it is for the summer, but wherever you are in your academic career, wherever you are in your professional career, there's a reality about each of us, about each of you, 
and that is you're just you. But each and every one of us can make a difference in the life of somebody. We saying, put me anywhere, just put your glory in me. I'll serve anywhere. All is for your glory. All my life is for your glory. We just saying that. and It's possible you were just singing words because they were on the screen, but it could be that that could be the prayer of your life. I'll just serve you wherever I am, Lord. Not just if you put me in some remote place in Africa, but if you put me working at McDonald's this summer, there's someone working next to me that I can make a difference in their life, or there's a customer who comes my way. You can make a difference in the life of one person at a time. And if you influence that one person, they have a chance at influencing someone else. And if you do that, you are a world changer. And the time to start is right now. Not after you graduate, not after grad school, not after you get some certification, but right now. Who do you know? Who do you interact with? Maybe it's a sales clerk at Meyer that you can influence for Jesus because of your smile, your love, your care. Knock over the first domino and see what God might do with it. Now to him who's able to do more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in the world, quite honestly. Now and forever. Amen and amen. Thanks for this year. Now go and make a difference. God bless you.